Hey, this is Matt McCool here, one of the lead pastors at Takeover Church, and we are so excited that you are listening to this message today. We hope it encourages you. We hope it blesses you. We hope it challenges you to continue on in this journey of faith of following Jesus. And we want to let you know we also have services every single Sunday at 5 p.m., complete with Takeover Kids and a free cafe. It's a good time. We want to invite you and your friends and your family all on out on Sunday nights at 5 p.m. Thanks again for listening to this message. Hope you have a great day. So tonight, we are continuing our series, Canceled. Someone say, Canceled. And uh, I am so excited for this message because I'm actually not preaching. Wild. No, don't awe me. It's going to be so good. Come on. Um, but tonight, just to, uh, as we get ready to start, I just want to tell you a little bit that Canceled uh, is a series that was laid on our heart here at church because... There are some things in this world, you may have heard about it, but it's called canceled culture. And it's where the world loves to dig up your past and dig up your history and dig up things about you. And they love to cancel you. They want to cancel your future. They want to cancel your past. They want to blot you out of history. That is what our world and our culture is aiming to do to people. And I'm not here to tell you whether I agree with certain people being canceled or I agree with people's futures being limited. I'm not here to tell you that. What we are here tonight is to give commentary to that because our culture loves to cancel people, but our God loves us enough to only cancel part of us, amen? And whatever God cancels, he redeems, amen? Come on. So tonight, we're going to have week three of our series canceled brought to us by one of our incredible, incredible key core team leaders here at church. He is one half of our marriage ministry. They are all about people and seeing married people and single people thrive for Jesus. His name is the one, the only, the tenth wonder of the world, Dave Viney. Come on, welcome Dave to the platform. Yeah, I like, uh, I need Matt to go with me to work. And just announce me like that. I think that would be fantastic. All the way from the van in the parking lot, Dave. Yeah, I like this already. Uh, yeah. Here's, yeah, who needs a raise? I like that. I, uh, yeah. 7 o'clock, I'm picking you up. Tomorrow we're headed to uh, Zealand. Yeah, so good enough. Okay, let's get focused here because uh, this is going to be kind of a surprise for me too. Um, I had, Matt gave me way too much time to prepare for tonight. Uh, so, knowing that I had a bunch of time, I decided that it should be something really good. And we started talking about, can- well, not like if he told me to this afternoon that I was going to uh, speak. I would go, well, let's trash this thing and we'll show him for a short run. But, uh, no, what I was trying to say was I really wanted to do something uh, that was going to be beneficial for all of us, uh, going to be fun for all of us, but also... Uh, something where we can get some meat out of it and uh, change things. Um, And God wanted me to talk about sinning because when I first heard canceled, uh, I thought if we're going to cancel things, uh, if we're fighting against people being canceled, maybe one of the things that we should try to do is to stop doing the sins that we're always caught up in. And then I got to thinking about it, and I thought, well, that really sounds judgmental. Uh, you know, well, uh, I remember when I was a kid, uh, this, uh, you won't remember this, but it's fun for me to say. Uh, we, I heard this thing one time, an old guy at the church that I attended said, uh, we don't smoke, we don't chew, and we don't go with girls that do. Uh, it was supposed to uh, somehow prove uh, the arrogance that we have in the church where 
uh, we feel that we don't do a lot wrong, and if we do do it wrong, uh, we throw it under the title of, well, that's my struggle, and, uh, you know, that's just how I am, uh, that's uh, the way God made me, that's always a good one. Um, we just spent the first half hour of this thing talking about a God that I don't think he knows that we're going to struggle because he created us, but I don't think, I think he meets us in our struggle. How about this? He meets us in our struggle, but he doesn't expect us to stay there. He doesn't plan on us changing that, getting the change of address kit, moving to that location and going, well, from now on, I'm just going to have anger issues. Uh, from now on, my marriage is on the rock, so I guess it's just always going to be rocky. I don't think that that's his intent for us. So. Uh, this is your part of the night. Uh, everybody get ready to stretch here. Uh, does anybody here have sins or struggles that they get caught in and they can't? Yeah, and if you didn't raise your hand, you're lying is one of the things you're caught in. Uh, the, uh, yeah, and here's the thing. Um, because I had so much time, uh, I, I went and I did what every great American does. I got online. And I stole all the great comments that I could from every pastor that I listened to. Uh, and it was really good, but God kind of said, Dave, what are you doing? Uh, I said it through them. Uh, I'm going to give you something different to say. Uh, so I don't get to use that. Uh, what you guys are going to hear tonight is going to be, uh, I came here, if you've heard me speak before, I have stories and stuff I don't have any plan for tonight. So whatever the Spirit puts on me. It's what you're going to get. I'm sorry. This could be really embarrassing for all of us or just boring because you don't have any idea who the Edmonton Oilers are. And that baby back there, my grandson, Clay William, is wearing an Oilers onesie. If you want to talk about, oh, look it, this is what we're going to do. If you want to talk about taking the life that God gives you and developing it and then passing it on to future generations, that boy is wearing an Oilers jersey. His father has one, and I started the tradition in the family. So uh, this is the same way with Jesus. You may be uh, Christian number 10 in your family. You may be Christian 500. You may be Christian number one. Uh, but God has called you uh, for such a time as this. So let's see what... Uh, if I can give you anything to grab onto as we're struggling with sin and how do we put it out of our lives, how do we get past it? Uh, let's pray real quick because I'm all out of breath. Father God, um, I know you know what you're doing. I know that you've given me a voice. I'm humbled that you allow me to use it. Let's see what we can do. Amen. Amen. Ah. The other thing is, for you people who haven't seen me, and I try not to do this, and I make a little joke about it because I think it's funny. Um, my issue, uh, when I was a believer, uh, when I first started out, uh, I was very judgmental. Uh, I was very arrogant. I was very angry most of the time. Uh, I knew exactly what God wanted us to do, and I was more than willing to share it uh, with people who didn't even have any idea who he was. Uh, street evangelism. If you're going to do that, that's not the way to start out. Um, the guys who have the signs that say you're going to hell, I think that's already probably a predetermined. I don't think I need to tell them, and I don't think anybody's ever come up to me and said, hey, Dave, how do I not go to hell? 
I think they come up to me and go tell me about the love of God. Uh, so I don't know uh, who that was for, but what I want to do tonight is just tell you how I struggled, how I got to this point. I don't have this thing figured out. Uh, tomorrow morning, I'm going to be back at the same struggles, but I don't stay there. And I think that's what I want you guys to get to understand. You don't fail because you tried to stop sinning and tomorrow you got caught in it again or you got, you know, my problem was anger. So if I have a problem with somebody tomorrow and I don't handle it well, I don't handle it the way that God would have me, the fact that I know that I didn't handle it the way God would have me is a win. That's not a loss. Yeah. And I'm hoping uh, as time goes by, uh, what I want to do at, uh, Ingrid and I figured it out last week, I'm 56. Uh, <laughs> that's not so funny. Uh, it's, really, it's really rough if, I have, if I'm at the border or something or I'm stopped by the police for some reason and they ask me how old I am and I'm like, uh, it's somewhere in the mid-50s. Yeah, so Ingrid helped me do the math on that. Uh, we're, uh, I'm 56. I want to help you guys learn what I knew so that you can start off from where I am now and not have to do all the stuff, all the tough road, all the struggling that I've done to get to this point. I, I don't have it all figured out, and I'm hoping that you can, maybe if you pick it up there, you can teach me some stuff. That's what, well, let's just get to the message. Uh, let's look at the big picture of sin. Back in Genesis 126, God said, let us make man in our image. Uh, I believe when he said that, he had this day in mind. I think he knew, because he lives outside of time, uh, he knows things from the beginning to the end, I think he knew all the events that would have to happen for every one of us to get into this room. Um, the stuff that you go through, I don't think surprises him at all. I think he uses it to get us to this point. So I want us to think that, don't put that on the podcast. I want us to think about the big picture of things is that God knows that things are going to happen. Now, he gives me a choice. Uh, certainly, tomorrow afternoon, Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever the next event happens, and I decide uh, that I'm probably the smartest guy on the job site and somebody didn't read the blueprint right and I'm going to get frustrated about it and blah, blah, blah. He knew that that was going to happen. He also gave me the ability to respond correctly. Um, the guys on my crew, they don't know Jesus. Unfortunately, I may be the only Jesus they see that day. And I'm not trying to put pressure on you to feel like you have to respond correctly, that they're going to go to hell if you respond wrong. But I know that if I respond correctly, I'm going to draw them closer to God. So... He had today planned. Okay. So who was he talking about when he said, let us create man in our image? He was by himself, right? That was the creation of the world. Yes. We're getting there, Ingrid. Uh, uh, we read uh, earlier in Genesis 1-2, the Spirit of God hovered over the water. And we know also that the Bible in John chapter 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, and the Word was with God in the that was Jesus that he's talking about. So at the very beginning, we've got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit already. Uh, so before there was anything, we had that. God is about relationships. He was the three-in-one. Uh, that's kind of a, 
old school term, but it's the truth, so I'm just going to use it. The reason why things, uh, and this is funny to me because uh, Rusty will tell you a lot of times I talk in bumper stickers. Um, the reason why things get to be cliche is because they're true and they work. Right. You know, that's why uh, the three in one just sticks, is because it's an easy way to say it. Um, so we've got God as the relationship, as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I brought us to this point to say, let's just hang on to that for a second. I'll get right back to it, okay? Uh, last week, Matt showed us that in 1 Corinthians, let's put her up on the Sky Bible. And here we go. All right. Uh, I'm going to read this real quick. Uh, do you know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things they do to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating air, but I discipline my body to keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Yeah. Where I had trouble uh, with the guy that I told you about um, that understood the Bible, uh, was more than willing to tell people that they were doing wrong, is the fact that I came at them aggressively and I wanted them to change, I didn't really see a need in me. You know, there was a pride uh, that I had that kept me from making a change. Last week, Matt told us about this. Uh, he wanted us to consider the value of our souls. I love this part that he said. And this is, it's, it's hard and it's easy to follow Matt uh, to speaking. Uh, because he does such a nice job, it's kind of hard. Uh, but because he teaches such great truth, uh, half my message is just quoting Matt. That's, that was my whole gig. I'm like, yeah, I'll just say, you know, what Matt said. And then uh, I figured I'd just play the podcast and move my lips, you know. Uh, but it said, he said, the, we want, he wanted us to consider the value of our soul. Heaven wants our soul, and hell hates it. And I think the reason why hell hates our soul so much, why he wants us to follow, Satan wants us to follow him and to not listen to God, is because he knows that it's in our soul, it's the love of God that we feel in our soul that attracts us to him, and it's why he gave us our soul, gave us independent choice, was so that he could have that love from us, with us. He wants the relationship with us that he had with himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and he wants to include us in that. And we miss out on, and the reason why I'm telling you these things is not because I had an epiphany one day and I went, oh, I've got all this, everything's completely, all my blanks are filled in. The reason why I'm telling you this stuff is I struggled a long time from seven-year-old Dave that got saved in vacation Bible school and just wanted not to go to hell because I was scared uh, to Dave that's standing here today. There was a lot of things. There was, I'll bet you, yeah, wow, I didn't expect that to happen. You know, I was joking about the things I was going to say, not knowing all of them, and God just hit me with that. There was decades, or a decade, I think, that went by without me praying. Yeah. Wow, I didn't expect that. Yeah. But in that decade, I was still attracted to the things of God. 
I just didn't know what to do with them. Oh, here we go. We're going to throw the script away. Uh, here's, here we go. What, what was happening in that decade was I had decided I was going to stop sinning because I knew my anger was sin. I knew lustful thoughts were sin. And I, this is the time for me between probably 10 and 17. So if I wasn't thinking about hockey, it was probably lustful thoughts. Uh, I'm just telling you. Uh, and so I would tell myself, you know, Dave, uh, you're strong. You've got a great will. Stop doing it. And so I would go in my room and I would go, you know what? I'm going to stop doing this. And I would will myself, little square-shouldered Dave, I would will myself not to be angry with people. I would will myself not to have lustful thoughts. And here's where the problem comes in. Uh, that's all I would think about. That was it. When I decided that, okay, uh, let's say your problem is whatever it is, and you go, well, you know what, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to do that anymore. All I'm doing is thinking about not doing that. It's going to be hard to beat that. Uh, it's going to be a tough walk. You know what? Um, I think we're going to skip over that whole part um, because, yeah, we're just going to do it. Uh, what, I, what I wanted to tell you guys is I came up with this thing um, that I think, and the reason why I talked about relationship is because we need each other. Uh, as fellow believers, we need to encourage each other uh, with our struggles, with our stripes. I think my secret, write this down if you guys are taking notes, this is really important to this. And I'll stand up here so it seems more important. Uh, my thought on how to stop sinning is to stop trying to stop sinning. That's it. It's super simple, but I think it really works uh, because... All the time that I was trying to will myself to not do something, I was encouraging myself to do something. It was all I thought about. And what I came up with is, what happens if we decide to, instead of stopping doing something, we replace that something that we're trying to stop doing? So if we take and go, okay, I know this God loves me. Uh, and as a believer, um, well, even before I was a believer, God placed something in all of us, I believe, at creation uh, that knows that there's a God. If you go to islands where they've never seen, uh, you know, missionaries, they've never uh, read the Bible, they don't know anything about God by name, but they still believe that there's something bigger than they are. That's the Spirit of God that hovered over the water at creation that wants us to know him. That's placed in every individual's hearts. And you can rally against it or you can give over to it, but it is still going to be there, even if you try to hide it. Um, sometimes some of my best conversations with people that go, well, I don't accept that there's a God. At least they've thought about it. Where I have a harder conversation is with the guy that I was when I was 13 who knew that there was a God but just chose not to play ball with him. You know, that's a tougher conversation. Uh, so, yeah, I'm way out of here. Uh, I should, someday I'll learn to write my notes in red so that I know which ones, uh, so I can read them better. Um, what I want us to realize and why I talked about community is I think that's the only way we're going to beat this thing. And I'm sorry, if you thought 
uh, when I asked you to raise your hands and stuff, if you thought that I was going to come out with something and go, well, if you do steps one through three, step four is actually you've beaten sin. Uh, I don't have that for you. Uh, I'm sorry. But I know I have a God that has a plan for you that doesn't include that. Now, we're still going to stumble. I don't want you to walk out of here and think that if you ask God to not have you sin, that that's never going to happen. Um, that's still going to happen from time to time. What I'm trying to get you to do is be able to put more distance between the events. What I'm trying to get you to do is not spend all your time dwelling on the fact that you sin, the fact that you feel terrible about it, the fact that you're a horrible person. That's not the gift that God has given you. So as a body of believers, as we reach out into the community, as we move into the next step of whatever takeover is, uh, what does that look like for us? What do we do? How do we reach our community? What do we, they come to us, they come to you guys, because you have friends in the workplace that see a difference that Jesus made in your life. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. But I have a perfect God. I have the love of God. Uh, like the song sang up there, there's somebody else in the fire. You know, all I have to do, all I have to do tonight is let him do the talking. It's really that simple. Uh, and it's also that hard. I really like to talk. Uh, I really like to think that I have the answer for everybody's problems. Uh, I'm sorry for the folks that have shared with me about something they're struggling with. And I like immediately go into fix-it mode. I'm sorry. That's, I got a tool belt that's huge. And uh, I think because I've gone through so much stuff that I, what you're asking me is, you know, Dave, how do I beat this thing? And so I immediately go into that. Sometimes as a body of believers, as a relationship, as a family, let's start using that word around here because really that is what we are. We're the family of God, that God brought together. So let's start calling it what it is. Uh, as we, as a family, as we start to struggle, we have to encourage each other. What do we need to do, you know? Uh, if you're going through something, you know, Mikey, I think you and I have had enough close conversations. We, haven't, we don't know each other great, but I think you know that you can come to me. I know that I can go to you with stuff. We've had some pretty good conversations. I think that's what it looks like is, you know, not everybody. I'm not telling you that everybody in the room you need to share every deepest, darkest secret with because uh, some of the thoughts that I have will freak you out if uh, you don't know me well enough. And not everybody in the room really cares about hockey. So you don't want to hear every thought that I've ever had. But the, what I am saying is find those people that you know that you can trust, the people that are walking uh, with you. You know, the folks that are sharing their struggles with you is probably a safe person to share your struggles with. You know, and say, hey, look, this is what I'm having a hard time with. A lot of times, and this is what I found in my personal life, and I think it's the truth, I've watched it in other people's lives, you put it out in the air, uh, hey, this is what I'm having trouble with. That problem doesn't have the weight that you gave it when you were trying to keep it a secret. It just doesn't have it. And Matt last week, oh, here we go, let's get back on our notes. Matt last week talked to us about being disconnected, and that is Satan's favorite game. Uh, he loved it while I was prideful and I could disconnect myself from other people because, you know, I had the answers. And you guys come to me and I will give you the answers and then you go away. I was still lonely. I was still by myself. I was disconnected. I didn't have a body that I was attached to. So 
as a family here, as a body of believers, as we reach out into the community, whatever that looks like, whatever takeover 2.0 looks like, when we get there, God has given us the opportunity to move on to the next step. We have gotten to that point. What do we do as a family to love on each other, to encourage each other? You know, hey, I know that you're going through struggles, but we're not going to stay there. Let's beat this thing. Let's see what we can do. And as we move into the next thing, uh, you guys, you have heard me say this before, and I believe it's the truth. Um, I believe every generation uh, has an opportunity for revival. I just don't think every generation picks it up. And, uh, yeah. Most of the time by this point, I've gone through a box of Kleenexes. I don't know. Uh, because of my pride, uh, whenever I feel God uh, really close to me, it just kills me. And I talked to him today about this. But I also think it's a gift that he's given me because I realize how big he really is. So, uh, you guys just talk amongst yourselves for a minute. Uh, okay, I'm thinking about good stuff. Okay. Uh, what I want us to do is realize that we don't have this thing beat, that we are going to struggle. And when you feel the thing coming, Matt talked last week about disconnect and about how Satan comes in. He doesn't come in and says, hey, you know what? Let's get you, you know, throwing your life away, spending a thousand bucks a year on pornography and just dropping out of your job uh, and just doing that. He doesn't work that way. He just shows you the ad that's going to draw you to the site that's going to pull you in. It's, you do the driving on your own. He just shows you the road and gives you the car, you know. Uh, but what if, instead of grabbing the keys from him and going, well, I think I can, uh, I'm just going to drive the car for a little while. I've never driven a car like this. I'm going to see how it feels, and then I'll park it uh, maybe two miles from here, and we'll just get out, and that'll be fine. What if you decide, what if I called Mikey and said, hey, buddy, I need you to give me a ride tonight because I'm thinking about driving Satan's car, and that's not a fun place to be. And he comes over, and instead of us talking about that, okay, I've got a story for you. Uh, wow, this is great. Uh, I told Jane, I said, I am not going to, last time I spoke, I told a stripper story. I don't know if you guys remember that or not, but yes. yeah, and I told myself that I don't want to be known as that guy that every time he touches a microphone, he tells a stripper story, and I, I don't have, this is it, okay? This is, this is my second, this is my second and last stripper story, because this is the only two stories I've got uh, that have to do with strippers, so uh, I'm, yeah, thanks. I'm getting encouraged by my pastor. Okay, Mikey, I'm calling you instead of Matt. Uh, what happened, what happened was, uh, we had two brothers that I hunted with, that I played softball with, I skated with one of them. My fam or me, in this family, we were close. There was these four brothers. Two of them were getting married one summer. So they decide, uh, I think, how old was I, Jane? Okay, 30. Yeah, I would have made me a lot younger because then I don't seem so stupid when I tell the story. But, uh, okay, so I'm 30, uh, and there's all kinds of food here. These guys knew how to eat. It was always a good time. And we're sitting there, and the one guy says, hey, we got a stripper coming over later on. And I'm like, oh. And Johnny, uh, one of the brothers, 
was a believer. And so Johnny and I, uh, we didn't immediately go into our prayer closet and run from sin. We didn't do that stuff. But we're like, well, what's this look like? You know, and the guys are telling their jokes and stuff and pounding down the beers. And at that point, I was starting to, you know, just see that uh, I didn't want to live this life. But I wasn't 100% sure how to get out of it. And uh, so we're sitting there, and the girl shows up. And she isn't starting to do her thing yet, but, you know, it's obvious you got 25 guys in the room. This was, this was two softball teams and a couple guys that I skated with. It was a full room, and there was a lot of testosterone. So we're, we're in the room. Girl shows up, and Johnny hits me on the shoulder. We were sitting. He was in a chair here. I was here, and he hits me on the shoulder, and he says, he stands up. And for John, you got to know John. He was very quiet. Uh, he never got excited about stuff. It was my my part during softball to yell at the officials and he just you know tried to calm me down so that was our relationship and Johnny hits me on the arm and he stands up and he says we're believers we shouldn't be here and I'm like I'm like wow and so we I stand up too because I'm like well I don't want to look bad in front of John he's obviously he's a believer and so I stand up and I'm like looking around the room like uh, nobody else is really watching us so we're headed to the back door we're headed out the back door, and we at that time, it was a duplex. Uh, this guy lived on this side of the duplex. Jane and I lived here. Rusty and Jane had gone to stay the weekend with their parents uh, because we weren't sure how the parent party was going to go, so it's good to get the family out of town just in case. And uh, so we're headed out of the house. Okay, right, we're right here now. This is where Johnny says, we're believers. Let's get out of here. And I stand up, and I'm like, okay, I guess we're going to leave. So I'm following John out. And on our way out of the kitchen... I realized there's a crock pot, a meatball sitting there, and I don't think Jesus would have me hungry when we go next door not to watch the strippers. So we steal a crock pot of chicken or uh, meatballs from the party, and uh, I get outside now, and I've got this crock pot of meatballs, and I'm thinking, well, I don't, I should have probably checked this by John. I don't know if this was really a godly thing to do was to grab the, and I turn around to John, and he's got a package of hamburger buns, and he's like, let's do this thing. I'm like, thank you for providing, God. But the reason why that story is good is really, I mean, John and I were close. Uh, we were really good friends, but that was somebody encouraging me to follow Jesus, and we had fun in the process. That's what I'm trying to tell you people. I'm going back up here again. Christianity can be fun. I hate to break that news in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where they tell you that we have to be sober and just wear the white shirt and the black tie forever. The community doesn't care about our rules anymore. What the community wants to feel is the love of God. And the reason why canceled works is because people are telling everybody that person's not good enough because they did this and we need to just turn our back on them and throw them out. And the reason why Christianity doesn't work is we jump on board and we go, you know what, I don't want to say anything that might be offensive. I don't think it's right to throw everything about that person out just because they got caught doing something. But I'll just sit over here and I'll be quiet. That's not what God wants. If the Holy Spirit is telling you that you should speak up, I always find it's good to ask him first when I'm like, well, I'm kind of bothered that that happened. 
God, what would you want me to do? And if he says go for it, then let's go for it all the way. Let's ask, like the book of James says, if you ask for wisdom and expect it, you'll receive it. So let's ask him, hey, God, you know what? I think I need to speak to this situation. I don't think this guy's being treated fairly. What do you want me to do? And if you want me to do it, make it obvious and give me the wisdom that you promised me in the book of James. And let's walk this thing out. If we want to see this go, if we want to see Jesus take over our lives, take over Grand Rapids, Oh, and help me breathe a little faster. Uh, we need to start asking for some help. And that help comes from, and this is the reason why we talked about the Trinity in the beginning, is I wanted to touch on the fact that God was a relationship. The relationship that he wants with you is to be able to lead you, to be able to teach you, to be able to see you in heaven. Like Matt said, well done, good and faithful servant. What we want to have happen here at TakeOver is we want to help instruct you, help somehow, have you help us, you know. One of the loneliest places in Christianity is in leadership. And if Matt is going to stand up here every week and bring the word to us like he does, we need to be with him, you know. If you guys that are in leadership and as things change, as we get bigger and there's more opportunities for service and stuff, doing the service doesn't get you a parking spot. Doing the service gets other people a parking spot. You know, this is, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't, I think we lost my notes everywhere. Uh, I want us, if there is a sin in your life that you're struggling with and that you feel like you need to put aside, there's no reason for you to carry that weight around on your back but there might be a reason for somebody else to come along beside you and help you carry that weight for a little while. We'll find a place to drop it off. And I don't know, you know, Paul said that he had asked for this weight to be, or this sin to be taken from him and he, and he had it and he couldn't get rid of it, but it didn't stop him for proclaiming the gospel. And I think that's the other thing, and, and I wanted to touch that earlier, but I'll do it right now because I left my notes. Um, don't wear glasses and cry. It makes it impossible to read your notes. Um, the just because you're sinning because you can't beat this one thing that you're trying to beat or you can't beat this multitude of things that you can't beat I don't want to make it seem I don't want to give you a place to go well I'm not sure if I'm doing right because you know I've got more than one thing and the old guy sounded like you only had to have one thing and then you were okay um, I don't know what your life looks like and honestly if my anger was the only problem I had, I'd probably be okay. Um, but it would at least be easier to build or beat because I can name it. Um, there's stuff that I don't know about uh, that I'll struggle with, things that are being designed for me to tempt me uh, that Satan knows. But Satan's not unbeatable. And the reason why he's in the game that he is is because he knows that God loves you and he wants to take from him the one thing that he loves the thing that he stepped in created us made a world brought us into existence planned for our lives to live out so that we can give him back the glory and love satan just wants to take that you know he's a desperate guy he's going to lose the fight he figures he might as well take as many folks with him as he can um and i do not please do not ever hear uh from anything that i ever say uh that we need to mock Satan 
you need to pick a fight with him. I'm not saying that at all. You can't beat him on your own. You just can't. You just cannot. Uh, I, Billy Sunday, um, <laughs> revivalist, a uh, long time ago, changed uh, cities across America, went and did tent shows and stuff. But he said, I know that Satan exists because I have fought against him and I have worked for him too long. And I think that's true. Uh, you know, I can do uh, four or five weeks of really good David work, uh, telling people about Jesus, telling them about the church, sending them to churches in their neighborhoods and stuff. I get mad and throw a hammer, tear up a blueprint, and I got to start all over again. But that doesn't mean that I won't start all over again. That just means that I put a stumbling block in there for me and for them. But that doesn't mean that I get to quit. And that doesn't mean that you guys get to quit. And that's the thing that Satan wants the most for you, is for you to get fed up that you can't do this Christian life thing the way that you think that it should be, the way that, uh, you know, the Hallmark Channel shows you the movie and tells you that everything should be good. And, yeah, we're going to get cancer, but then in the end, after we die, uh, somebody else will get saved and it'll be wonderful. That's not how it works with God. Uh, God will do what he wants to do. I, he's a wild man. Um, his love is unmatchable. His uh, passion for your soul cannot be beat. And, oh, I like this. This will be how we finish. Uh, the only thing that will stop God from working in your life is you. Uh, you. You deciding that he can't do this is the only thing that will hold him back. And I am... Uh, I'm not going to tell you all the stories, but I am living proof of that. If you want to uh, hear some uh, great plans that were completely foolish, uh, I tried to tank myself so many times uh, with, with things that I thought were either good for God or I didn't care. I wanted to do these things for Dave, and I figured, well, you know, I know that I'm forgiven, so I'll just do this, and then I'll be forgiven. Hey, premeditated sin, that's pretty cool. Um, it doesn't work that way at all. How much did I understand the love of God for me to even can make that consideration? You know? And yet he still loved me. He still grew me. He still sent other believers in my path, other people to work with me to get me to the point where I'm at now. But this isn't the point where I'm staying. As long as I'm collecting days, I'm going to keep growing, trying to follow God. And I want to see the same uh, for you guys. That's really... Uh, the reason why I wanted to talk about stop and sin and uh, the reason why I do this, um, I just want you to live the life that God wants for you. I have, um, we had a guy one time ask me, he's like, well, what do you think is the biggest benefit that you've ever got from following Jesus? Which I thought was a great question. Nobody's ever asked me that question. I thought, I have to think about this. And then I, it came to me, it's the peace. When I was Dave doing everything my own way, I never had any peace in anything. And it's the peace. I, you can set me on fire now, but as long as I know that that one man in the furnace is Jesus, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be calm in the fire because I know that there's a solution someplace. And if this is my last day, what's the worst thing that can happen? I'll see Jesus. So really, I, I win. You guys win. We just need to get this because I know the love of God. God wants the world. He wants to take, I love the fact that you call this place Takeover. When I first heard that, I'm like, man, I got to meet this guy. He is arrogant. And uh, then I realized 
it made perfect sense. You want to see God take over lives, take over Grand Rapids, take over this path that we're on. Why aren't all churches called takeover? I think this would be like First Baptist. It'll be first takeover, second takeover, third. This will be great. Yeah, we're franchising the thing now. Okay, uh, we'll talk later, Matt. I just gave poor Matt the candy bar and let him run in a circle. Okay, so anyways, uh, let's finish this thing out. Uh, what I really want us to do tonight, uh, Matt's going to come up here and talk for just a second, but I want us to, if you guys, yeah, Rusty, come on up. I forgot to tell the band. It's always cool when you're speaking with a microphone, you get to tell the band when to play. Um, as a guitar player, I always had to listen to somebody else because I'm not that good. So it's always fun to tell them when to play. But uh, I want us to just, if there's that one thing that you can't beat, let's put that down tonight. Um, and then tomorrow, if you have a problem with it, let's put it down again. Let's just get used to killing our sin, killing our desires. Um, I want you guys to realize um, one of the things that I did that I really struggled with is that whole time that I wasn't praying with God, I was letting the distance grow. And Matt talked about that last week, too. Um, we need to close that gap. God wants to close that gap. And what prayer closes that gap. Talking to anybody gets you closer to them. I think that's true. I don't think that that's an arguable fact. Uh, I think... Uh, for me, I'm not that disciplined. Uh, my prayer closet is my van. I drive a lot to get to job sites. I pray while I'm in the van, you know, and I just talk to God. And I, it's, it's not super King James or anything. It's just, hey, you know, God, what are we doing? You know, how's this work today? Give me an opportunity to see you. Um, and he's really good about doing that. Uh, we just have to be prepared to look for him. So anyways, Matt's going to come up here. I'm going to stop talking. Thank you guys uh, for giving me an opportunity. Would you guys, uh, wow, would you guys stand up with me? What a, what a brilliant, brilliant message. What a brilliant message. I'm reminded of a great theologian. Some of you know him as Aubrey Graham. Other people know him as Drake. And uh, he says, I'm done saying I'm done playing. And I just thought that was absolutely brilliant of Dave. I'm done saying I'm done playing. I'm done saying that I'm stopping sin. I'm done concentrating on stopping. Instead, I'm going to get in community. I'm going to get around some other Holy Spirit-filled believers, and we're going to start running this race together, and I'm going to get further with other people around me. And so tonight, when Dave says, let's put it down, he was. we met at a great cafe here in the city a few weeks back, he and I, to talk about this message series, to talk about him preaching, and it's called Rising Grinds. It's over here on the southeast side. It's brilliant. And uh, he said, I really feel like the Holy Spirit is just telling me this is the moment. This is the moment where people just stop trying and start living it, stop trying and start running it. And I felt his passion, and I felt his concern, and I felt his burden. And I was like, yes, this is the Holy Spirit. Yes, this is what God's saying. And I really want us to take this opportunity tonight to stop stopping and start laying it down and let the Holy Spirit drive this thing. Amen. So right where you're at, let's say have every head bowed and every eye closed. It's funny because an altar call, an altar call is this thing in church that some churches, they wage war against it. 
There's a great guy that I know in his church. He's not even, he's the pastor there. He's not even allowed to give an altar call because they think church is for, is for the saints. But saints got some sin and saints got some problems. We're saints by his righteousness, not our own. And this altar call is just a moment for those who are both close to God and far from God to lay down the keys and say, God, you take the real, you take the reins, you take my life, I'm done. And so for every single one of us right now, I hope what you heard tonight was that God's got a plan for your life. He's got a way for you to lay it down. I thought Dave said it was great. He's got a plan for your life, and it doesn't include that one thing or that multitude of things that you keep going back to. So right now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, let's start with this. If you're in this place tonight and you never knew that there was another option for you except for perpetual sin, if you never knew there was another option for you to get out of that life, to get out of that situation, to get out of that burden in that darkness, if you never knew that you could stand in the Son of Jesus, you never knew, would you just be brave enough and bold enough right now, one, two, three, to put your hand up right where you are. I see that hand. Is there any other hands? You want to say, God, I want to make you my Lord and my Savior. I'm done needing to be saved. I want a Lord to dictate my steps, to order my days, to count my hairs, and to know that he has my back. If that's you, one, two, three, hand up. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Wow. Wow, do I ever see that hand. Awesome. And if you're in this place and you're saying tonight, if you're responding to what Dave was just so burdened with by the Holy Spirit to lay it down, if that's you, man, if you're in here and you struggle with smoking, if you're in here and you struggle with alcoholism, if you're in here and you struggle with identity, if you struggle with purpose, if you struggle with pornography, if you struggle with sex addiction, whatever it is, if you struggle with having doubts and concern, if you struggle with thinking about others instead of your spouse, if you struggle in here tonight, no matter what it is, but you would qualify it as sin and you would say it is struggling. If that's you, would you just put your hand up right now? I believe as you put your hand up in this moment, you're going to lay it down. As you put that hand open, you're not holding on to it anymore. You are open palms saying, God, I surrender. But from the front to the back, I'm going to pray. But I really want, while, you're, while I'm praying, I want you to lift up your own voice and your own heart to your own Savior. He's not my Savior because I'm the pastor. He's our Savior because we need him and he came for us. So would you just lift up your hands and would you lift up your voice as I begin to pray and just take these words and make them your own and give them to your God as you hand over, whether it's your life or it's a struggle. Jesus, we just thank you so much. Jesus, we just thank you so much for intervening on our behalf, for stepping into human history, God. As we tell our story, God, you're writing your story, God, and we just thank you at this moment, God, that you are taking the reins, God, whether it's for the first time, whether it's us meeting you, knees down, hands up, saying, God, I can't any longer, and I need you too. My name is your son, and it's nice to finally meet you. My name is your daughter, and it's nice to finally meet you. And we're laying down whatever struggle it is. God, I know you got better for me. Father, I know you've made more available for me. Dad, I know you got better plans for me. King, I know you want to write a better story for me. Whatever it is tonight, God, we just hand it over in this moment.
and we say thank you and we receive what you have to replace it with what you have instead of it the redemptive work of Jesus Christ we step into it right now and we echo what heaven's been saying for 2,000 years it is finished